We are joined by former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin, Scott Reed, our political analyst this morning in the morning brief. And you're doing double duty today. You're going to be co-hosting the rush this afternoon. I am. I did three days last week and I, I bid adieu on Friday afternoon thinking that, um, you know, I'd received parole. But, um, yeah, I got a call from the warden last night and uh, it appears I've uh, breached terms and I'll be back in prison this afternoon with uh, Rush Minair. Well, it's always fun to listen to. So uh, it's prison for her, I should say. <laughs> it's uh, municipal election day in the province of Ontario. I don't know if there's anything to be said aside from our usual worship of the grand majesty of our awesome democracy. I think that's right. Um, but our awesome democracy is creaking a pinch. You know, I mean, I think that it's going to be interesting to see here in Toronto and elsewhere what voter turnout is and beyond that, sort of what voter engagement is. I, I you know, I don't think that the outcome, I was listening to you earlier, I don't think the outcome here in Toronto was much in doubt, but you know, will we see a record low in terms of turnout? Because people either assume that the race is uh, foregone or uh, they're simply not uh, interested because there's not a competitive race. So I think that's going to be, you know, worth watching. And then we can wring our hands about it. And there isn't a whole hell of a lot we can do about it. But it is um, it is a testament to the times. Yeah, I have to say, though, I always get a little indignant when people start taking the turnout and then they do the math on how many votes the victor won and then they try to pretend that that person doesn't have a mandate. If you win the election, you have a mandate. I don't care if people are too indolent and lazy to vote. Hey, I'm one million percent behind you on that. Do, do not misinterpret anything I was saying for otherwise. I completely agree with you. And I loathe when people go, well, you know, when we talk about federal or provincial politics and people say, well, you know, if you t- cast all the votes that were done, actually, those people didn't actually get a majority of votes. And yeah, on and on and on. We have a structure. We have a system. It served us well for well over 100 years. Um I think, uh, I, you know, the, the message is get out and vote. Yep. Well, uh, some people may have a hard time. We're not absolutely sure what's going to happen today in Brampton. But how could they not foresee that all these people were either not going to show up or were going to drop out at the last minute? Apparently, they had a crisis over the weekend because a whole bunch of voting workers decided they didn't want to. Well, I smell a rat. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to make of it, but I know that you know, uh, controversies around voting seem to follow Patrick Brown around like a, um, like a dark cloud. And I find it peculiar that, you know, you would have, suddenly you would have this crisis where people are indicating that they're not coming in. It's not like we didn't know that Diwali was when it was scheduled, uh, when it's on the calendar. And in addition to that, I think that, you know, even if it's an internal email, uh, the C- the city manager sending that note out seems to me almost almost designed uh, to create doubt in the mind of the voting public as to whether, you know, the system will function, which, you know, has the potential impact of discouraging people from going to the polls. So, you know, I find the whole damn thing fishy. I don't know what I'm getting at. I'm not saying anything specific, but it just seems strange that this is the only place in Ontario where this appears to be a challenge. And this just happens to be the race that looks like it's been tightening up with Patrick Brown as the incumbent. Okay, we're going to play a clip right here of Jugmeet Singh appearing on Question Period on CTV. He was asked if the inquiry into the Declaration of the Emergencies Act were to find that uh, the federal government was not within its rights or did not require the Emergencies Act, uh, would the NDP stop backing up the Liberals? And he was pretty categorical in his answer. I want to be very clear. We, we supported the decision at the time, given the evidence that we knew. We knew that the, the, the convoy was a serious problem for workers, for our economy, the shutdowns at the bridge 
shortages and the borders had resulted in uh, massive losses to our economies. Jobs were being, um, people were not able to work. Factories were shut down. So there was a serious harm. And in Ottawa, what was going on was horrific to, to the Canadians. People were being harassed. People, families, residents, children, businesses were shut down, were, were being uh, targeted in, in a way that is completely wrong. People can protest government, protest politicians, but don't attack citizens. I was completely wrong. All right. So I think Jagmeet Singh knows where the politics and where the polling is on this one. I think that the NDP and Jagmeet Singh have been impoverished by their loyalty to or their fealty to the federal liberals. But on the convoy issue, Scott, I think they know where the bread is buttered. Why would you say they're impoverished by their relationship with the Liberals? I mean, their polling numbers have actually increased, and their leverage in Parliament has grown enormously. They've got Trudeau by the short ones. I mean, as the economy weakens and Trudeau's position in terms of uh, the polls for himself look like it's deteriorated, uh, Jagmeet Singh in Parliament can demand of the Liberals policies that he likes. Now, I don't know if that translates into winning the next election or even improving their seat count in the next election, but arguably since the 1970s, the NDP have not <clears throat> had greater leverage. So I think that their political position is strong and it could only frankly be surrendered ironically by by dissolving parliament going to an election, in which case then it will probably turn into a mano-a-mano fight between Pierre Polyev and Justin Trudeau. So I, I think that's the awkward reality for Singh. His position is strong as long as he doesn't test it. And that's why he's got to continually say that he'll back the liberals. Right. But that's kind of why I think that they're impoverished. I mean, if you believe in the policies that they're bringing forward, then it's just like under uh, Pearson and under the previous Trudeau that, yeah, the NDP gets to call the tune. But people always park their votes with the NDP out of some sort of virtue signaling and then come election day they never vote for them well we'll see uh, i mean the ndp believe fervently that um one of two things, uh, and they hope that both things will be true. One, that this position gives them more power in Parliament and they can get the policies they care about. And they can say to themselves, you know what, even if we don't win more seats, at least we got things done that we wanted to. Now, I may or may not agree with some of those policies, but it's hard to argue with that outcome. It seems like it's true. And secondly, they think that the way to a better electoral outcome is to demonstrate that they could get things done. They think that that actually rallies votes to their side. I think that's been unproven over and over again. But... Um, but, you know, the, the truth of the matter is they think this is the strongest position. So don't expect them to surrender it. So they had the press gallery dinner this weekend in Ottawa, which is modeled on the press gallery dinner they do in the States. And effectively, it's uh, politicians making fun of journalists and making fun of each other. And then journalists making fun of politicians. Pierre Polyev didn't show up. Justin Trudeau gave a speech, which is being clipped by people where he's making fun of himself in order to pretend that he confessed to things. I just I think this is so out of date and back in the old days when they chopped on cigars and the whole thing wasn't covered, then I suppose there was a, a reason to do it. But I think it's overstayed its welcome. Yeah, I completely disagree with you. And and specifically, I did, and it's not just because for years I was up there and was involved in the attended them. I think that at a time right now where institutions of our democracy are so constantly under assault. And in particular, you get populist right-wing parties who tell you that the media can't be trusted, that the media are to be hated, that the media are on the other side. 
anything that brings people together in an evening where opposition politicians are sitting next to and breaking bread with government politicians, where you can have a glass of wine and laugh, where the presence of the media forces politicians to make fun of themselves and take themselves less seriously, where the value of the uh, uh, the value of the press is demonstrated and actually conviviality and interpersonal interaction occurs. I think all those are good things. Um, and yeah, can it be sometimes clubby and self-congratulatory? Sure. Yeah, it can turn into an Oscar party. But it's better to have those things than not have those things. It's better that those people interact with one another as people rather than just as attack dolls. And so I think it's uh, I think it's actually quite important. Okay. See, I, maybe it's because I spent so long in comedy clubs. I hate lame comedy, and I hate watching non-comedians reading scripts written by somebody else. It's not always lame. Some people are funny. You know, uh, Stephen Harper decided that he was going to boycott it for all these BS political reasons. But before then, he was an outstanding performer. A guy has a real um, talent for mimicry. And, you know, I I myself put my hand to a couple of scripts for a couple of PMs, and I've seen some pretty funny lines over the time. But, and, but the real virtue is interact with your opponents. Interact with the press. That way it's harder for people to treat these uh, institutions as the enemy. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. We'll be listening this afternoon at 2. Thank you.